Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an honor it is to come across your broadcast with me. Our dear friend Kevin is with us today. Brother Kevin, how's things going? Doing, doing great. Excited to be in the service of the Lord. Happy to be at Fort Hood, Texas, doing what God's given me to do. I'm so glad to be part. Remember that song of the family of God? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, we're in it. Yeah, brother. I used to, we used to go to our church. And uh, at the end of every service, they'd play that. The altar call was over. They'd play that song, and everybody would get together and hold hands and sing. And, brother, I'm not talking about a little church, man. That church kept growing. There were people trying to hold each other's hands and holding each other's shoulders and just trying to touch one another, singing out that song. I'm so glad to be part of the family of God. That's the way we'd leave church. And I'm glad about that this morning. I'm glad. So we have a word of the day called oppression or being oppressed. And, you know, that's uh, that's where somebody's harshly treating us, I think, where they're trying to have authority that they don't own over the top of us. They're trying to knock us down. Down, trying to take us to a bad place. And, and I want you to know God's word is not silent on that. As a matter of fact, he tells us in Psalm 9 uh, that he's going to be a refuge to the oppressed, a refuge in the time of troubles. That he that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker. They reproach God, but he that honoreth him have mercy on the poor, he that honor God. So when we think about oppression, you know, always coming to my mind, there are people out there, uh, Kevin, if you give them five words to say, four are going to be bad. I'm just being upfront with you. They oppress us. And uh, what are you thinking about these, this whole oppression crowd? Yeah. You know, there's a, there is a, um, an oppressive attitude that people have just being around you. I mean, it might be that they're so, so negative that, that, um, they want to share it with you. They want to spread it around. Everyone needs to, um, share it. And, um, and that's, you know, the best thing you can do with them is avoid them, <laughs> but, uh, you know, try to try to be a help, but you find out usually that you can't be a help, but, um, but then there's the oppression that, that people are, are under because of a situation and, um, they feel like they're stuck and they, they can't get away from it. It might be that, you know, like we talked about earlier, they're a, they're a widow. In fact, I was just trying to look up the scripture. I couldn't find it, but it says in Deuteronomy, I believe that um, if, if a king or if a leader oppresses a widow, probably someone out there is saying, I know what verse you're talking about, but it says, if you're oppressing a widow, you're taking advantage of a widow. In other words, there's someone who cannot help themselves. They're not financially able or, or whatever, then um, God's going to take up for them if they cry unto him. And so, yeah, oppression is is something that's real. God over and over in the prophets condemns Israel and the other nations for practicing oppression. And I didn't really realize it until I got really around people with PTSD more so that there are people that are living daily in an oppression their children maybe that are being abused and they are they feel they're stuck um 
I mean, isn't it true that there are people that are oppressed and if they get out of it, they rebound into a different relationship that is at least as oppressive as the last. I know. I know. I mean, it's like you try to tell them, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. I'm sorry, brother. I didn't mean to cut you off. It's just (laughs) when you hit the nail on the head, it goes in. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it in people that I love that um, they go from one to another and it, you know, it's because they um, they're attracted to a certain personality type. And it's usually someone who's who comes across as a strong leader, but they can't discern between a strong leader who who's looking out for them as as the, under under them, you know, so to speak, or or between that and someone who is a strong leader because it's about them. It's about the leader. And um and so they'll practice the the love bombing, the gaslighting, the threats, and and all the things that a narcissist does. But man, uh, it's it's a horrible thing. I, I know I've worked. I, I was raised with good parents, and so I, I don't know oppressiveness in the home that way. But um, I remember I sat in fourth grade as a child, uh, whatever, ten years old or eleven years old, eight, nine. And I had an oppressive teacher. She literally, uh, if things didn't go smoothly in the class, she um, she would she would practice gaslighting, and she gaslighted me, brother. And I was beat up with with trauma as a as a ten year old. And and I'll briefly tell you what happened because I think that there are people that feel this way. So um, I was so afraid of her. She had us doing a project and I didn't do the project well. And so she she kind of, you know, just said, you know, I hope you're doing it well. Oh, Kevin, you're not doing it well. And Susie, you're not doing it well. You need to. So I got afraid of displeasing her. So I took the project, which was an art, you know, like a craft. We were we were making coat hangers that were covered with yarn, and I didn't have a knit, so we were knitting yarn around this coat hanger to make it a pretty gift for mother for Christmas. And I hid it, and uh, actually I took it home. And so the next day she's like, "Everyone get out your hangers," and I said, "I can't find my hanger." Well, that night she was on the phone with my mother, and she said, um, "Your son is has lost his hanger, and it's just terrible." And uh, I just bawled and bawled. My mother's on the phone th- saying, I don't think he's that bad. I don't, Mrs. Havens, I don't think she's, I don't think he's that horrible. And um, anyway, the next day in class, she said, boys and girls, the worst thing you could ever do is to hide something from your teacher. And she's like, one of you kids has hid something from your teacher. And she just absolutely made a, a, uh, a gazing stock of me. And I, as a 10 year old or whatever, was horribly traumatized. I used to talk about fearing authority. So I felt that that's what authority was. Thank God the next year I had a good teacher. Yeah. I'll tell you how many, how many people, yeah, are, are just feeling that way as a wife or as an employee or Boy, and, and, and I warn you, uh, people out there, if you've been married to a narcissist, in my opinion, about 99% of you are going to marry another one if that person uh, leaves you in some way or another, dies, leaves, whatever. And uh, be very careful. You know, when you can't have friends, when you start dating someone, when you can't do this, ooh, there you are, you're back right back where you are. And that teacher, Kevin, 
man, I had a teacher like that. My kids had a teacher named Mrs. Gorski over in Germany. They made him go to the DODS school, Department of Defense Dependent School in Heidelberg, Germany. And Mrs. Gorski, she was rougher than sandpaper. I mean, she was tough. She she, she would call my son names, cuss word names, and admit to it. You'd go in there and say, Mrs. Gorski, are you calling my son blankety blank? She'd go, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to help him. You know, she was trying to run a basic training or something. So stop being the kind of person that stinks if you're that person. And, and folks, look out. You know, it seems like we go from one oppression situation to another. You know, uh, go to God. Be slow. Very slow as you move through relationships in this life. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I tell everybody my sister's married some of the biggest losers on God's green earth. And if one wasn't enough, the next person they married was even a bigger loser. So it's just, you know, God help us in those areas. And uh, I sure do love my sisters. One's in heaven right now awaiting uh, me and, and uh, with her Savior just in the waiting mode. But it says in, you know, we're in. Proverbs number 28, the 28th proverb, and it says, A poor man that oppresseth the poor is like a sweeping rain that leaveth no food. And, you know, for me, the first time I read this verse, Kevin, a few years ago in my Bible study, I'm thinking to myself, well, if you're poor, you're going to feel sorry for other poor people. Well, I'm here to tell you, some people are just naturally born idiots or knuckleheads. I'm just going to be upfront with you. Half the world is a knucklehead. All right. I just, I, I got to impart any wisdom God's given me in this area. And there's people out there that stink. And it's like every other person. We need to be very careful. But when we, when we look at that, and God forgive me for that, but they do. Half the people stink. I'm just being upfront with you, all right? And, uh, and I'm not talking about smell. I'm talking the whole stink road. Um, but, you know, there's poor people out there that are jealous or that oppress poor people. Maybe there's a benefit of that, but they, the Bible's talking about like this sweeping or driving rain that washes away all our vegetables and fruit from our garden. Uh, it's, it's a terrible thing to do. Uh, can, can you imagine being compared to something that floods your garden and takes everything away, Kevin? I mean, what a, what an example of a knucklehead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, poor man that, that oppresses the poor being like that sweeping rain. Um, you know, there's a principle here that, um, I'm thinking about our country right now. You know, the, the, the party in power right now is a champion of the poor and socialism is being pushed as the answer for poor people, you know, and, and the leaders are saying, Hey, we're just poor people. We're not billionaires. We're only millionaires, but they don't say that. Uh, you know, the, we're, we're not, um, we're like you and but the fact is that they're going to always they're going to always oppress the poor. If they get the poor for their vote or if they get the poor on their side, it, they come across as the answer. And, you know, in relationships, how many people fall into the same trap? There's someone out there who says, hey, I'm for you. I'm like you, but they're going to oppress you. Um, you know, uh, I used to work a job where, um, it was a great place to work for. We had good leaders, but there was a man that, uh, really was among us. And I think they, they let him go eventually, but he was kept pushing for the fact that, you know, we don't, we don't make enough money. We don't make enough benefits. And he wanted to bring a union in. It was not a union. It was a, it was a free shop for open shop, whatever. And he, um, really pushed this thing to make people, um, unhappy and 
man, thankfully we had good leadership there and we made good money for, for the time. I mean, I made nine fifty an hour, which in 1992 was pretty good. Uh, and so, you know, he was, he was, uh, you know, selling, he was kind of peddling the idea of, you know, we're all just poor people, but I, I had to tell him, I said, brother, listen, I know unions had their place and, and still sometimes have their place, but you do realize if a union comes in here to champion us poor people, it's just going to be another group of union bosses that are going to oppress us. <laughs> You're just meet, replacing meet, uh, one yeah. boss with another. Meet the new boss. He's the same as the old boss. Listen, folks, we're going to come right back and uh, we'll be right back with you. Hang with us. Hey, thanks for hanging with us. But you're exactly right, Kevin. So to, the guy gets canned. I mean, how does how do you get rid of this? Uh, you know, uh, Joseph Stalin guy from your company. What, what happened to Jill? Yeah, um, yeah. He quietly went away, and uh, I knew he lived in a different city in a different county. So no one, you know, no one knew. But uh, he he. I also left that place because I went on deputation. So you know there was is kind of uh, several things were taking place at the same time. But you know, I, I, how many people were like, let's let's just say uh, uh, it became a strong AFL CIO, strong ask me type union leadership, and those guys, they will. I mean, they they riot. You know, some of these. You know, these people that are championing, you know, they're we're we're poor men. We're, cha you know, we're championing the poor. But honestly, if you don't tout the party line, if you're if you cross the picket line or whatever, just because you want to work and do an honest day's work, they will mess you up. And, you know, I'm just thinking of the people listening out there. Maybe there was just some guy. And I think a guy is because I oftentimes deal with women that are under, you know, you meet a woman who's underneath a, an oppressive uh, man and they just don't know how to get away. And I think the first thing to do is to identify, just like as scripture said, that there's a sweeping rain that's leaving no food because this guy that promised to be, you know, promised me the moon and acted like he was totally for me is actually only for himself. And, um, and so there needs to be an appeal made to that person and not to beat a dead horse. But, you know, we said it in the in the previous episode, it needs to be, you know, going to boldly and saying this, this is this is not right. And I'm seeing I'm seeing this and I'm seeing through you and you need to get some help. And if they don't get some help, then you need to go to your pastor, you know, whatever. And obviously, if he's being oppressed, oppressive physically or or in a terrible way go to the authorities but yeah i'm just seeing here a principle that women rebound or people who are under oppression a child maybe rebounds grows up in an oppressive environment and goes into a similarly oppressive environment because they fall prey to a predator mindset of someone who has groomed them and they have not yet learned to identify the groomer and it is it's right and it's 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 a key in their success 
as an individual to discern and say, wait a minute, it's not my job. It's my job to help the person over me be successful. It's not my job to cover for their sin. Yeah, there you and, go. Uh, there you go. And that's, once they make that decision, yeah. That's that's important. And and then we come to the next verse in verse 4, continuing on with this same kind of stuff here. It says, they that forsake the Lord pr- law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. And so, uh, you know, those those who forsake the law, those who break the law, those who don't care about the law, uh, you know, that you're rejecting it. They're all they're doing by doing that is praising the wicked, praising the devil. Uh, and then, but those who keep the law are pitted against this wicked crew. So kind of Kevin, I think, are, are, are set up to be against them. Cause if you look at the bottom, it says, but such as keep the law contend with them. So I'm having to deal with uh, the people who can't keep the law. I'm having to deal with this stuff. And, uh, but you know, those who keep the law are right with God. Again, you know, we want to be on God's side. We want to be away from the wicked. If the term wicked is used in the biography of your life somewhere, um, you know, overall, if that term's going to be used by God and God's people, God's true people, not the ones that stab you in the back and things like that, but the, at the end of your life, those people are long gone, brother. They come in and out there. They're like that bee that comes into your house. You chase them around with a fly swatter, you kill it. They're out of here. But when the real end comes, boy, uh, make sure you're standing in the right place, folks. Stand there with God. Stand there with what's right. And, and don't hide your head. You know, I've seen too much hiding in my life. I mean, I stand, I, I have righteous indignation for those who want to kill babies. I have righteous indignation for those who uh, want to ruin the church. And, uh, and I am not standing with the wicked in any way on any of those things. I'm not going to do it. I've, I have to find myself by God's help, by God's strength. I have to find myself in the right. And don't be marrying the wicked. I mean, and t- man, you want to yeah. talk about being messed up. I mean, that's like, uh, you'd be better off with the Proverbs say a few weeks ago, living in a corner of a roof somewhere <laughs> out in the cold. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, what are you thinking, Kevin? You got these people that, you know, they're forsaken the law and they don't realize, Hey, I've just become part of the wicked. I'm part of the wicked mess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just kind of keep in the same vein as what we're talking about oppression and so forth. There are people out there, and this is what makes it so confusing today, I think. There are people that are pretending to, again, be a champion of of people who are caught up, quote, in the, the cult of Bible-believing Christianity or, quote, in the, um, you know, in other words, uh, you, you, you people that believe God, believe the Bible, don't believe in evolution, you believe, you know, what a terrible way. You were raised as, you know, fun, fundamentalists, what, whatever, whatever you want to call it, you were raised in a Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching situation, and they will try to sell, you know, they'll try to peddle to you the idea that you, you know, it's all been nothing but legalism. It's all been nothing but um, uh, narcissism. But oftentimes, Doug, don't you think sometimes they're the narcissist because they will forsake the law. They'll praise the wicked. They'll be the ones that are out there saying, hey, listen, man, let me put it this way. They turn totally secular and say, I am liberated from all that stuff. 
and I'm, I'm here to help you Christians and to recover from Christianity. There's, there's so many websites dedicated to helping Christians recover from Christianity, helping conservatives recover from conservatism, helping, you know, uh, whatever. And as they, they peddle this thing, they're actually forsaking the law. And, and I think that is a caution that we need to, to identify as a danger point is don't fall prey to the people that are trying to rescue us from some from something that legitimately or illegitimately was being forced upon us and, and try to turn us away from the Lord. Brother, I've seen it. I've seen this yeah. kind of false false. Uh, you know, I've seen predators come from both angles, from yeah. the left and the right ditch. And, uh, and oh I, yeah, man, grooming people. people it's real. Yeah, out there grooming our children, grooming the weak, grooming the widows, grooming the uh, hurting men. Uh, you know, coming in and and uh, yeah, I see it. And and sadly, I was at a church not too long ago where the pastor opened up a, a young lady in his church's Facebook page that she had sent to him. Uh, she had sent him some PDFs where she had taken screenshots of her Facebook page and uh, a man in the church who joined the church had everything going for him was grooming her. You know, you're great. You're wonderful. You're a superstar. And a girl's shy. She's not necessarily the best looking girl in the world, but this guy's grooming her to take advantage of her. Is uh, I was already saying things like, boy, I'm glad you recognize that some things that are going on in our church aren't exactly right. I'm glad you recognize that relationships, you know, are not always within the confines of marriage. And I mean, start PM and her, this is a 17 year old girl and a 25 year old man. And, and I, I just think, you know, we have, we have the Holy spirit of God within us and, you know, the Holy spirit of God within us brings us to a place, uh, where we're never going to praise the wicked. We're never going to, you know, when we re- when we reject the Lord, we're praising the wicked bottom line. I, I don't know any other vernacular to say it in, but that's what's going on. And, 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 uh, that's a terrible thing. And, and so the, you know, and then that we that keep the law, well, of course we're going to be, you know, fundamentally against them or, or righteously against them. And, but we got to take that right time everywhere because like Kevin says, you wake up one day and people are actually using bits and pieces of the wicked bits and pieces of grooming bits and pieces of narcissism to hurt God's kingdom, to hurt our families, to hurt each other. And uh, Kevin and I could give you example after example, and we will when we get to narcissism, when we finish this chapter, uh, when we finish this book of Proverbs, these last couple chapters. But I think it's really significant that we as a people understand there's two sides of things. There's, and when it comes to this particular verse, we're either with God or we're against God. That's it. There's, there's no gray area. There's no middle ground. There's no compromise when it comes to that. Now, philosophically, you know, we, we can say, well, you know, they do things a little different to me. That's okay. But doctrinally, you're either for God or against them. And if you're against them, you're against me. Hey, folks, we sure do love you, and we know that you're for God. And uh, we hope you have a great day. Make sure if you need to get a hold of me, Doug, at WoundedSpirits.com or the Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page, and we'll try just as hard as we can to get back to you. Keep on praying for us. we got some things going on in the works involving our ministry. We believe God's going to do a work, so hang with us in that area. And uh, we sure do love you. And, hey, with that smile that only God can give you today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. 
It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.